You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. Welcome to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite influencers, um, just a uniform, Siobhan. Am I saying this right? You are saying that perfectly. Oh, I butcher everyone's names on this podcast, which is like my signature move at this point. (laughs) No one can say my name or spell it. So you're fine. (laughs) What do you usually get when people like what, like if you, I don't know, if someone reads your name off of a a paper or something, what do they say? Sayobahan. And you know, the only place I've ever had my name spelt right on a Starbucks is in Brooklyn. Ever. No fucking way. And yeah, you know, Americans are like I the dumbest people. She was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like the American people are the dumbest people when it comes to that stuff. So I'm actually very surprised. <laughs> no, I go up to people in LA and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're from Switzerland. Do you speak Swedish? <laughs> That's like the um, number one thing that yes. people say to me. <laughs> you should say yes. <laughs> and then and just make something up, like just speak yeah, like out of my ass and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Before we get into the podcast content, which is going to be yeah. kind of a breakdown of what's up on Netflix and then obviously mm-hmm. questions about you and your blog and mm-hmm. your work, I always ask every single one of my guests to share with me a tip, like a lifestyle tip, something that drastically improves your day-to-day life, day-to-day life that you can share with my listeners. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I don't want to sound very LA, but I'm going to sound very LA, even though oh, I'm not do it, LA. Do it. And I'm going to say meditation, controversial. I'm sorry. Please don't hate me. <laughs> no, but how do you do that to yourself? Like, well, how, what do you use? Do you use an app? Like, do you use a- yeah, yeah, I use an app. So I use the Calm app only because it was on offer. And um, so I've got that for the year. I'm stuck with that for the year. So I use it for like bedtime and like the morning. And it's just really like, who was it that I read had just breathe tattooed on their um, wrist? Who is it? It's a celebrity. I'm crap, but anything to do with celebrities. Is that Ariana Grande? I feel like it's not. I feel like I wouldn't know that because I don't really have any interest in her whatsoever what um <laughs> i can't think who it is it's someone like it's someone much older than that like christina Aguilera or somewhere like that um and she's got that and i thought that's such a good thing because it's so true like like meditation is like taught me like and sometimes i think i'm really calm person anyway and i'm really like i'm unbearably positive i'm one of those really annoying positive people it seems the best in every situation but if anything's ever just getting a bit too much i just think just do some breathing and then everything's fine. And no one really knows that you're doing that. So by the way, my- it's Miley Cyrus that has that tattoo. Oh, well done. I have no, I don't know. I have no interest in Miley Cyrus either. Where did I find that out? I, I actually have know. a lot of interest in all these people, which ugh, I, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how people like you function. I don't know how you can be positive. You know, when I come across like Australians, I'm like, why the fuck are you so happy all the time? It actually pisses me off. But that's the thing. You balance it out because you're sarcastic and you're dry. Yeah. So I don't yeah. mind it with you, but like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And also even with your Instagram content, like when I read your captions, you're not like at a coffee shop captioning it, just another sunny day. Like, oh, no, I hate all that stuff. I hate that. No, no, I'm real, but really like I'm real positive. So like, I don't like people that are around me that are really negative that are like, oh, I can't believe, like, I can't believe my latte isn't the right temperature if we're using coffee as an analogy. And I'm just like, I'll just move on. Like, life is far, far too bloody short. And some people out there don't even have houses and stuff like that. So, Clearly, you haven't experienced my morningzilla like. tendencies because let me tell you, when you have, you will be scared for your life when my latte is the wrong temperature. 
Oh, well, as long as it's lukewarm. Please tell me you're not a boiling hot girl. Don't, I'm a boiling don't do hot girl. Everything about <sighs> us is opposite. This is going to be a very no, interesting episode. No, I get so cross at Brits for that because I, lo- like, I love Italy and Italians, like they have their coffee lukewarm. So you're meant <sighs> to drink it there and then. Coffee isn't a long thing. So I don't have to like agree. And also what I don't like is when you go to like a, a bakery or a tea shop and you're like, can I have some tea? And then they fill the cup halfway up. It's just like warm water. Like, why can't you fill the cup all the way? You need a you need to you need it in Britain. You get a timer. You get leaves in your tea. It's 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 blooming brilliant. I've been to this like Elan Cafe situation. I was yes. very underwhelmed. Were you? I've not been because that's a stereotypical. And my some of my girls are going to hate me for saying this, but stereotypical blogger place to go, like Peggy Portion and places like that. Exactly. That's why it's I went, and I was thing. like, um, the lighting was bad. The food yeah. was underwhelming yeah and the 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 people there was so unpleasant because I went without them knowing that we were like a bunch of like Instagrammers like well I'm not an Instagrammer but like yeah yes you are no no I I, I wish I was I wish my Instagram looked a bit more like yours (laughs) thank you so much yeah (laughs) it's definitely a team effort (laughs) I love it we'll talk about it in a bit because you and your husband couple goal situation is giving me anxiety and it's making me hate myself <laughs> I mean, please don't hate yourself. Spend, you just spent a day with us. You might not feel that way. <laughs> oh, okay, really? I'm going to be asking you questions about that. I love talking about everything Netflix, and I know that you've yeah. been watching some stuff on Netflix as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I have to ban myself from Netflix, otherwise I do nothing. That's the Literally, I've been I've become the procrastinating 2K19 version of myself. I've got Instagram for that. You see, that's like my life. Instagram and YouTube. Add Netflix into the mix. You and make literally... money from Instagram. I don't make money from Netflix. Netflix pay me to watch you. <laughs> that's what I need. I'd be I'd yeah. be a fucking millionaire. Sort that collaboration out, will you? Do it. So, yeah. Well, maybe I should, but you know what? The amount of press coverage I'm giving them at this point is ridiculous. They should be paying me. They they should at least be like sponsoring this. Like, what are they up to? I'm gonna make it my 2K19 goal to get it down. More of attraction that to you right now. Write that down. I'm yeah. very intrigued with the obsession that is currently going around with Bird Box. Yes, it was a Christmas obsession when everyone was sat on their bottoms doing nothing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I'm a bit late, obviously, because I was hibernating in the village for a month. But <laughs> okay, I need your thoughts because you're very yeah, opinionated. So, you're very creative yeah. yourself. You wouldn't, yeah. I know that you wouldn't put content out there that wasn't on point. So, like, no. what would you have to say to the people who actually put out this movie on Netflix? Well, I would say that. I mean, my husband is like the biggest critic ever when it comes to films. He's annoyingly critical. Um, I would say it was underwhelming. Why is that? Like, did you think the acting was I expected, I love Sandra Bullock and I thought she was really, really good in it. But I wanted it to go somewhere and I actually can't really remember what happened apart from them being on a lake and being blindfolded it was a bit underwhelming in my opinion I was I don't know if it's because there was so much social media hype and people have been using bird box as an analogy about how influencers work because so many people went and watched it I went and watched it because someone put it on Instagram so what's the analogy with the analogy with influencers so there's this analogy going around on the old story saying that um 
hands up if you like watched Bird Box because you saw it recommended on, in, on by someone on Instagram and they were like and everyone's like yeah I did and they were like that's how influencer marketing works so you should probably support influencers more <laughs> oh my goodness well so here's the thing I actually had a rumor that you know so many people have been like creating memes and like doing all this stuff about it online and yeah, I heard yeah. that Netflix basically did that as a marketing strategy. Like they created all these fake accounts and like genius got the ball rolling. I don't know if that's a yeah. true story, but that's what I, I heard. I did see the memes. I saw like the one where they hold her eyes open, like, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I love a scary film, so I was quite like, I was quite like, "Yeah, I'm ready for this." And then I was a bit like, eh, eh. It, it, "This is like what I would explain how it made me feel." Mm, that that was it. Like, yeah, it was a meh situation. What mm. was some of the, your favorite memes that you've seen um, about the The one where um, they're holding her eyes open when they're in the house, but obviously I didn't know that when I saw the meme. And they were like, literally like, her eyes are like being peeled back. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? But that's when those people come along and get her, they want her to look at whatever that is. Yeah, so my favorite meme was him giving one million red flags meat and then you see her blindfolded because <laughs> that's the story of my life so i had to like mention this one also there's another one where you see like kim kardashian's photos obviously photoshop with huge massive muscly arms and it says mallory after rowing down the river for 42 hours <laughs> oh dear i mean i am not a kardashian fan so i would have skipped that one but, um, yes, the memes are amazing. I, I I just feel like the memes were better than the movie itself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It just didn't go anywhere, did it? Like it just, yeah. What? There was no, there was just nothing. Like, it I would have made like, more sense if they there was actually a reason behind this craze of people committing suicide. Yeah, yeah. And also at the end, I don't know how I felt about them all being in like this world of paradise all of a sudden, like with the blind and, people with the blind people and I get that like that was like a bit of a quirk on the end but I still was a bit like oh like I would rather everyone had died well so I actually um one of my best friends called Aaron Mm. my husband my gay husband I was like I really want to talk about bird box because I'm really pissed off at all the memes and all the hype and just it's kind of like the Elon cafe of Netflix Yes, that is exactly what Beautiful I am. Not even being the photo, <laughs> <but> yes. <laughs> humor online, all over my Instagram feed. Go yeah. there slash watch the movie. Fucking yeah. pissed off. Yeah, because you've just paid £10 for a bad cake in London. <laughs> exactly. And like it puts my, made me rethink my Netflix membership altogether. Ooh, controversial controversial so he said that so basically his number one thing that he said was that he thought the two sisters sandra and um, sarah paulson he thought they were a lesbian couple um until he found out they were two sisters and he was like why couldn't they just be a lesbian couple (laughs) that would have been more 2018 it would have definitely been more 2k18 Um, He said, Sandra's performance was amazing, very realistic when she yelled at the kids and telling them they were going to physically die if they didn't follow directions. Yeah, she was good. She's good. She's good. I like Sandra. She made the whole thing. Yeah, she did, totally. I'm surprised she even agreed to making this movie. Her part was good, like sort of the soulless like mother that didn't really want a child and like she plays like a good role. She plays that role very well. I actually really like that 
part of the story because I feel like that's most women nowadays. Like, how mm. the fuck am I going to deal with children? Yeah, when all like, I want to do boy and girl. That's yeah. it. Yeah, boy, girl, boy, <laughs> girl. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I call my husband husband quite a lot of the time. Yeah, he's <laughs> I call my dog puppy. My dog Luna. That's I call her puppy. <laughs> dislike from him very unrealistic for sandra to go down a river blindfolded or driving in a car with a blacked out with blacked out windows the car navigation idea was kind of smart but the boat in the lake thing was really dumb and reckless it just took a long time it grew for a very long time didn't it the boat bit it was like constantly going back to that but it just took a very long time didn't it and it's sort of like the storyline didn't really go anywhere and we don't the- know why you're blindfolded. So it's like the focus of the movie. Like, we get yeah. it. You're blindfolded. Why? I want to know why. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, slow. I don't understand how the writers of the movie thought, cool, we're going to make a movie about being blindfolded. But they didn't put like a disclaimer at the beginning. Do not try this at home. Because then that led <laughs> to the blindfold challenge and everyone got hurt. <laughs> I mean, if you're that much of an idiot, then. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like they make 13 reasons why about suicide. Like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. not glorifying suicide. If you feel this way, call this number. Yeah. How about a little disclaimer? Do not blindfold yourself. Yeah, just don't do it. Don't like, do it, kid. so fucking stupid. One of the best performing movies of Netflix. Don't know why. But have that, how many movies have Netflix? Like they're really going to go into this now though, but, but have they done that many movies really? They, like, they haven't done, done that many, many, but they've done a couple. Um, to uh-huh. All the Boys I've Loved Before, that was like a viral movie, but I actually thought that was like kind of cute. I didn't see it, but yeah, I yeah, haven't actually heard, cheesy. heard of that. So it's kind of cheesy. I don't know. Netflix is just okay. better for the shows. Stick to the shows. Yeah. Um, I won't be jumping on the Netflix movie bandwagon anytime soon. Like I'm not, if, if they ever come out with another movie that goes viral, I'm going to like think twice before watching it. It was fine for Christmas when no one had anything to do and it was like, fine, pop it on. But yeah, maybe in January I would have resented it a bit more if it taken yeah. up my whole two hours of my life. Exactly. I, I don't mind watching people blindfolded rowing um, when I'm just fat and eat, eating pasta and fondue every day. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Um, about Netflix, I know that you're watching a show that I'm currently addicted to. Yeah, something that America's behind on. <laughs> a lot of people have been watching it now in America, I'm telling you. Yeah, my cousin lives in America and she loves it. She lives in Houston. And she absolutely What's the name of the, of the show? Bake Off. Da, da, da. That's the name of I think it's too. called The Great British Baking Show on Netflix. It's such a British bake. Is it called? It's, yes. You when you sent me a message about it, I was like, "That's not what it's called here." But I thought yeah, it's called Bake Off. It's called Great British Bake Off, but everyone just calls it Bake Off. Oh, too no long way. for a hashtag. They call it the Great British Baking Show here. I wonder why they call it such a proper name. <laughs> well, the guess why? Because they think we're so proper. everyone in britain is very proper maybe like we speak like the queen so maybe it's a marketing thing that they've like made it a proper title Pro- probably but like when people ask me like why are you so proper i'm like have you have you met me do you read my captions do you listen to my book up um like just because i speak well i mean i don't speak that well some americans <laughs> speak better than me i will say that americans are really bad writers are they? Why? 
I don't know. I didn't ever think myself of as a, like a good writer until I moved mm. to America. And then everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing at writing. Yeah, it's because you're okay. American and you're dumb. I think it's a really good represent, rep, rep, representation. Get your words out, Siobhan. It is late here. And um, I think it's a really good representation of Britain, actually. Like how many, all the different characters from people all over the world and... Um, yeah, I just think it's a really, really good representation. The people that they had beforehand, lots of people don't watch Bake Off anymore. I don't know if you know the controversy behind it, but it was on BBC. And then it got sold out because BBC couldn't like pay it with like taxpayers' money anymore. So they it moved to like a commercial Channel 4 and um, they got new presenters. Only one of the presenters stayed and all the rest were like, no, I'm sticking to the BBC. And... Um, so a lot of people like, I can't watch anymore, but I actually think the new people that they've got are absolutely phenomenal as well. I love I them. love that guy, the guy with the, the long black hair. He's, He's so hilarious. fucking funny. And I He's love so that. Funny, yeah. I think you're so right. I think the reason why I love watching it so much from here in LA is because there's something about the UK and the mentality there where like everyone is so respectful and unbitchy and very like we're in this together. But at the same time, the banter, like the way that Ruby tells off the judges while she's speaking. I love the how she speaks to Paul because Paul's like seen as quite like an, an arrogant man, really. Like the god, the god of like baking. Himself. Like he really loves himself and he's like that in real life as well. And um, he's, um, but I love how she's just like, she gives him loads of jip, like what we call jip. I don't know if that's a word over there. And um, and she, and he like, he like loves it. He secretly loves that she's like that to him. <laughs> I definitely felt the sexual tension. Yeah. <laughs> I love that um but yeah ruby's um she's brilliant she's my favorite she just like she's like a she just is a british woman she really that's what a british woman is like quite feisty and really opinionated but still wears really epic lipstick like that's it. exactly and still looks super cute and super classy yeah. and does all her little yeah. baking but she's a sassy yeah. bitch and also no yeah. but honestly speaking i wouldn't be surprised if i heard that they had like fucked in the bathroom and <laughs> keep my eye out for that i'm sure that's been in a newspaper already <laughs> really that like literally that would be the plot twist that i need for 2019 <laughs> she's definitely going to be on the television i reckon she's going to be a presenter for sure so i feel like kim joy is definitely like she's gonna do something with baking yes like have a book out she's have a, a book out. have a little like yeah. elon cafe or something yeah, with yeah, her yeah. little like cute looking like pastries whatever yeah. Um, but I feel like Ruby's more like a TV personality. Yeah, kind of I feel like she's going to get she's going to get something out of this show definitely because she is such a great personality and she speaks well and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. How do you what do you how do you feel about the winner? He annoyed me a little bit. I really wanted Ruby to win. <laughs> I, I wanted Ruby and the French girl. I loved the French yeah, girl. Yeah, she was brilliant as well. Yeah, she was Manon. really brilliant. Everyone was shocked that he won. I think they didn't. He wasn't top to win at all even though he was really good at what he does. But it's a personality thing as well, isn't it? But overall, they're all pretty great people. It was all uh, all blooming lovely. Love talking about Netflix. Yep. Love talking about being blindfolded. <laughs> Always. Um, talking about being blindfolded, fuck that. Because if anyone was ever to adopt the blindfolded lifestyle, they would not be able to look at your Instagram. That is very true. Very, very true. They just have to listen to my Instagram stories instead, which is still pleasurable. Your voice is very soothing. I'm not going to lie. I love your voice. I live in LA. I see a curated Instagram feed all the fucking time and it's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I I hate everyone's Instagram. I don't (laughs) like their content. Um, Why is that? Why? Bikinis, 
cleavages, straddling, um, just a pretty sunny day enjoying my latte, lip injections with mini sunglasses. Oh, um, no, 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 no. Hey, no, guys. Like, no. I, I don't know how to say this, but you you kind of like are in the category of like what people will call micro-influencer. Yeah, definitely. I am a micro-influencer. You're 100% oh, right. I don't, people see it as a derogatory term. No. I want you to tell me a little bit more about it and a bit, a, a bit more about how you quit your job and dedicated your life to being a micro-influencer. And I thought that was very interesting about you because I feel like, especially here in LA, people don't understand the value in it. And, you know, with podcasts and stuff, people only have guests that have like 500,000 followers, but they don't actually talk about anything or say anything meaningful in their content. And I really want to understand everything behind being a micro-influencer and why it's so important and why you can actually still be making a living out of Mm -hmm. being a micro-influencer. Oh my God, definitely. In fact, there's been um, a lot of um, stats come out recently and research come out recently that the only people that are doing well in this industry now are either the micro-influencers or the people that are like a million followers and the sort of in-between sort of, I I don't even know what they call them, but the people that are like uh, 100,000 followers or like 60,000 followers are actually really struggling now. I don't know how much of that's true, but that's what I've been told from agencies and stuff like that. So basically... The way I see it, don't get me wrong, I would love a million followers. That would be amazing. You but deserve the way it. I see I it. One of the most like uh, underrated, maybe. But I don't I want to know. say that because people, I, I every time I see people talk about you, everyone's like, how do you not have a million followers? How do you not have a million yeah, followers? Yeah, there's been so much of that today, Diana. It's really odd. Like I've had four people today shout me out and be like, how has this not girl not got like a million followers? And I'm like, literally, don't get me wrong. I would love a million followers, but it actually doesn't bother me. And a lot of people meet me and they're like, how have you not got like X amount of followers? And like, the thing is, is that brands I work with, because I've worked in industry and I consider myself actually really professional and I get that this is a job and this is a business. Like I really get that. And um, I actually work with a lot of people continuously because I've built such great relationships with people. And they know that when they work with myself and Jay, because it is definitely half him, he's so so much behind the scenes, um, that they are going to get quality content. And actually, you could work with someone with half a million followers and they could create something really crap of them in a bikini. And no no one's going to click on it. No one's going to click on it. You know, and they don't get the engagement where I have a really captivated audience and I know my followers. You can ask me anything about who my followers are, what they do, what they like. And they're really engaged with me. And I get a lot of messages every day. I answer every single person. I see people on the street, people come and speak to me. So yes, um, I don't have a massive following, but actually the people that I do have are really engaged. And that's the power of a micro influencer, because I think the psychology of someone that has got I don't know a million followers people are like well there's no point messaging them because they'll never message me back and I do that even like on people that I really love love their content but I think well what's the point in message like putting a question on there or a caption on there because they're never even going to see it type of thing so yeah there's something very impersonal about massive people on Instagram which is like I, I find it very interesting about you because like how do you go about going a brand partnership does it does the amount of followers like have a an effect on maybe the rate like how are you able to make that your full-time job like people like me are very intrigued to know because you know we have girls here in LA posting bikini photos every day they have you know 60,000 100,000 and they're not getting any partnerships 
I think I, I've had this conversation a lot with people in the US and um, I think we're way ahead of you. I hate, I don't even hate to say it. We are, we're way ahead of you when it comes to um, working with influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. It is massive over here and um, it's all about building relationships, going to events, um, making just, it's definitely relationship building and then it's being able to make sure that you give that quality content out that's always consistent as well and I've noticed that some of my friends who have really really grown in the past year they've been really that the key has been consistency so that everywhere they go to all the events they meet all the PRs and um, they build all those amazing relationships and they're amazing girls as well and they have amazing content and they are constantly every single day at least normally twice or three times a day they are putting a post on Instagram at the same time every day and people are following them and they know what they're going to get and they have grown and so that's my plan for this year (laughs) i do feel like there's a lot more quality content that is coming out from the uk whereas i see the us people people aren't that bothered anymore people don't really care as much Right. That's really interesting. Well, I see it as it's like my outlet of creativity and it, it, it's so tempting to do what everybody else is doing because you think, oh, that's what that person does and they get that amount. But for me and for Jay as well, like we really love like editorial style and magazines and things that people like, I get a lot of comments being like, oh, this could be in a magazine. And I'm like, brilliant, because that's what we want. And I really, as I say, I love writing and I just want there to be more value behind what I do. So we've got a blog relaunch coming and it's going to be more of a valuable resource rather than me chatting about me. And it's going to be more like, this is the trend, like green is the trend. Here's where to find the green trend on the high street on here, on here, here's it for every budget. And that's what I really want to put out. So it's more like a magazine than it it's is. Curated. I, I've it. seen the, the landing page for the website and I can yeah. already see, like I see a very like vice, um, I, I, I don't know, like something very, yeah, magazine-y that is high quality. Yeah. yeah Whereas a lot of people, are, it really fucks me off when people do blog posts and it's like, here's the the green romper I'm wearing. And then you see like a, a, a slide of all the different ugly green rompers that you can find yep. because that's what yep. you could find. Yep. No, it's going to be, it is definitely like I've already written and I've filmed a number of edits and it's really curated from high end to um, low end and where to find and basically where it's come from, like giving meaning. So where it's come from on the catwalks and why it's translated into the high street here in the UK and sort of, as I always go back to, um, in the devil wears Prada when she's like that blue sweater you're wearing and I'm always a bit like yes like that's how I try to like give meaning to where this has come from why this 10 pound clip on ASOS actually came from like Dolce and Gabbana like you know their runway shows a year ago nearly now so that's I'm just trying to educate people but also helping people access that fashion affordably as well what is something that you constantly see on social media that you think I literally want to shoot myself when I see this just unoriginal content everyone goes to the same place doing the same thing or I hate it when I see like a collaboration and every single person does exactly the same thing for that collaboration. I actually think Instagram is hugely, it's something me and Jay talk about this, hugely lacking in creativity. And I'm not going to lie, I often sit on my feed and I'm like, where, where is something that makes me go like, Tezza's the only person that every time I see her feed, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. But every, I like literally scroll and I'm like, this is the same thing over and over. And people that aren't in the Instagram world, like my friends that aren't in, they say that, they're like, I just scroll and I'm like, 
there's nothing exciting going on here. So it's daring to stand out and not do the same thing that everybody else is doing. But it's definitely needed. There's actually not a lot of creativity on Instagram. I see on your platforms that you actually provide a lot of value. And like everything that you do is just quality, quality. Even your stories, you don't even film your stories on your phone. No. <laughs> like how, does, how do you make that happen? Do you film them on a camera and then upload everything yeah. to your phone? How does that happen? How much time does it take you? I film everything on a proper DSLR and then I upload it onto my computer. I edit it in a Premiere Pro and then I... Um, obviously like color grade everything and do all that and then I upload it onto my Instagram stories the next morning and um, because obviously I don't finish filming probably till like like for example I've just been filming for this beforehand I don't finish filming till like 10 11 o'clock so I edit and then in the morning I like cut it all up and put text to it because I always put text to all my stories which a lot of people have talking about value a lot of people who are like uh, death have sent me a message saying like they really appreciate it and actually Instagram stories isn't very inclusive in that way so it's just something that I do and I like to do as well and I think nice I mean I've been watching them and I get bored of everyone's Instagram stories yeah. Yeah. bored as hell so I want to ask you do you sometimes because it takes you so long to put up one yeah. Instagram stories whereas for the rest mm-hmm. of us it takes two seconds do very you instant. get discouraged <laughs> by it do I get, no, I love it. It's actually made me love doing stories even more. And people are like, gosh, that's so time consuming, Siobhan. Like people say like, I love your Instagram stories and I get messages a lot. And I had a message the other day. I did one in a seaside town near where I live. And I did a whole day there and filmed like a short film basically. And someone sent me a message being like, um, oh, I used to, my grand and granddad used to live there and they died and I've not been back there because of that and it literally brought a tear to my eye because you represented deals so well and I was just like oh my god this makes everything worthwhile like if I can move you in that way through my Instagram stories then that's amazing so um yeah I actually love it and I do it more for me more than anything because I enjoy the creative process and Mm -hmm. it's you know I get to relive what I've just done and it's just I really really enjoy video it's beautiful and I just love it absolutely do you think that anyone would be able to do what you do and have, you know, a full-time job and kind of do it on the side because a lot of people who are actually micro-influencers find it really hard to take the plunge and actually... Yeah, I literally, I've not really told my story about how I left, but I literally just quit my job. Basically, I was a teacher and it was killing me. I was working ridiculous hours for not a lot of thanks. And um, I just left and was like, I am going to do this. I'm going to make this work. I watched Iris Apfel's documentary and she made me go, I'm going to bloody well do this. And um, I think a lot of people thought I was a bit mad. We've got a house with a mortgage and all that jazz. But um, yeah, I just made it work. When I put my mind something, it's going to work. And uh, I, uh, I think for you to do it and really make a career out of it, I, think it, I don't think it is a full-time job. It's, I work from first thing in the morning all the way through tonight. And I'm a micro-influencer, so... I just, yeah, I don't know anyone that does it and has a full-time job. I literally bow down to them because it is, it is a lot of work. You have a job, you have a mortgage, you have all these expenses. Yep. How does it work to like just quit and, and making it work? Um, well, at the time I did, like when I first left, so I did a lot of like freelance work, basically. I just did odd jobs here and there for everybody. But because I'd worked for seven years, I had like a good backing behind me. And at the time, Jay was working full time as well. So there was that bit of sort of support if it was needed, but I actually didn't need it at all. I went off and I did jobs that weren't really particularly 
you know, exciting, glam, but I just did yeah. them. Yeah, they weren't glam jobs at all. Like I, I, I have no shame. I will do anything. Um, I'm a worker. So I was going out and doing that. And then if I got jobs through my, um, like just a uniform, then that was great. But the first year, I'm in my third year now. The first year was definitely like 90% doing odd jobs and 10% maybe going to an event or maybe getting like one gig like every couple of months or whatever but now it's I can't I don't have time to do anything but this now and Jay works full-time with me now so we both do it and um, he's hopefully he's doing like freelance camera work now as well and shooting for other like people and other companies and things like that as well so he's really building on that side as well I can really relate to that actually because you know what like let's get serious I make I make these podcast episodes funnier but like this is actually a really important and interesting conversation I think more people need to hear about this a lot of people ask me how do you make a living being a host because you know being in LA everyone wants to be on camera so obviously Mm -hmm. people take advantage of that people say do this for free do that for free I'm giving you exposure la di da and you know I live in a a nice apartment I live in West Hollywood I I, you know I make ends meet in that Mm -hmm. sense and a lot of people are constantly asking me, how do you make a living from being a host, having a podcast, having Instagram, mm-hmm. like hosting the red carpet? And the answer is, yeah, I literally have no shame. So I've done things like, you know, I go on freelancer and I have people ask me to rewrite the content of their website, which could be like a random website about cigarette lighters or anything like the dumbest shit you can think of I've done it how much do you carry on doing what you want to do a hundred percent and it also keeps my focus like I don't I can't be a host if I'm doing something and I'm miserable because then that you know transfers onto my hosting work as well yes you sort of have to have no shame because if you want to work in a world where you're you've not got a guaranteed wage every single month then if you have a month like January is obviously normally not Fortunately for me, it's been an amazing month so far, but it's not always the best month in our industry because everyone's spent all their money at Christmas and obviously not many people are purchasing and basically we work in advertising. So the worst month for advertising is January for obvious reasons. If work comes up, that means that it's not not something to do with that. Go and do that for a week and then come back. And then as you say, it focuses your mind because you're like, I literally don't want to do that. I I want this so badly. And um, it helps you, gives you a bit of a boost to carry on doing what you want to do. So and yeah, so as a micro influencer yeah. do you reach out to most of the brands that you work with or do they reach out to you I'm really ashamed to say or maybe I shouldn't be ashamed to say it but I'm really ashamed to say it is I do no outreach <laughs> so how do you get people to like reach out to you I go to events and I think people meet me that way or a lot of PRs find you from like other people. So I have a really good network of amazing women that work in London doing what I do. So they find you through that. People recommend me for things as well. Other bloggers recommend me for things. Um, Yeah. And then once I've built that relationship and met that PR, I'm a nice gal and I get, you know, I'm good at talking as you can see. Mm -hmm. And um, I just have a really you just end up having a really great relationship and keep those jobs and they carry on. And also because we deliver as well. But um, So if you can give a tip to someone who's wanting to start, you know, influencer work, yeah. um, would you recommend to them to reach out to brands initially? Like yeah. how, how would they go Definitely, about it? Like, that's something I'm going to do this year, 100%. I'm reaching out more. I'm being a bit bolshy. I'm just not a bolshy person when it comes to like, hey, you should work with me because I'm this, that and this. Because until recently, I've been a bit... I'm, I'm my uh, own worst critic so I haven't loved every single thing 
thing that I've been doing. So I wanted to go with a really strong concept and being like, you need to work with me because I'm really sure of what I am now. Um, so yeah, definitely reach out to brands. Don't be scared to do that. But I think the number one thing to do is network. That would be my number one. And how could people go about networking? Um, um, well, it, I went with friends. Well, there's a few things that I just sort of went online and found, first of all. I don't know how it works over there, but and also it's very location dependent. So obviously I only live 45 minutes away from London, so I can get in really, really easily. Mm-hmm. But um, see if you can like make friends on Instagram with some girls that already sort of are starting to go to things but maybe they want someone to help them out with photography and then maybe they would take you to an event with them and then just make sure you speak to everybody and um, just keep building from there really that's how I started I went to events by myself and yeah and you're very like collaborative I I, you know when me and Lainey came to London and we were looking for PR companies to like help us out like you just send us the whole fucking PR list that you had. <laughs> but that's what it's all about, isn't no, but it? Lainey like, was like, but Lainey, who's from LA, like grew up in LA, was like, I cannot believe that this girl sent me the whole fucking PR list. And I was like, well, it, it's surprising because it's a very bitchy industry. But I was like, well, well she's a UK girl. Like, yeah, we do that all the time. Like we share contacts all the time. So I've got a bajillion WhatsApp groups and, everybody it's just a case of well, if you help them out they help you out and you know we're all just one big happy family and at the end of the day there's no need to be bitchy because I'm me you're not no one's my competition because no one's me and you if, know what the I most don't... successful bloggers say what you say the most successful yeah. bloggers aren't afraid to just share because they yeah. know that they're just themselves yeah I can tell you how I edit my videos it doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it Well, about that, I was going to say, because you are so big on providing quality content and most importantly, providing value. I want to know for the listeners, because a lot of my listeners are actually people who are very like Instagram obsessed and who are always looking for like the, the, the next big thing to like amp up their Instagram game and stuff. Can you share with the listeners some apps that you use to edit your photo? If you could share like a preset or an app or something that can help someone amp up their feeds. Yep. So editing. So before I started using Lightroom and things like that, um, I used, oh my God, have I still got it on my phone? This is so bad because I have been using Lightroom for so long. Oh, I can't remember off the top. It's called Color Color Story. Color Story. I used that when I, before Jay came into my life and taught me all this amazing software because he's just so technical. Mm -hmm. Um, I used color story and I love that and I know a lot of my friends use Snapseed and they love that and some of the girls that are really really professional they still use like the Lightroom and then they do stuff in Snapseed but I can tell you from my videos because I do stuff on my computer but I also mix it up and if I'm on the train and I've got an hour's journey on the way home I edit on my phone because I'm on the train for an hour so, so you know can you share some of like yeah. the stuff that you do like your editing process yeah. and yeah, I love InShot. So I don't I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but InShot is amazing. And all you need to do is pay, I think it's 99 pence or whatever that is over there, 99 cents to um, get rid of their little logo. And then no one would ever know that you're using InShot. So I use InShot if I'm doing it on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a Canon. So I have the Canon Connect app. So I record on my Canon, but you don't need to if you've got like a good iPhone or whatever, then you can just start by recording on your phone 
pop it into InShot. They've got loads of different options for like different filters and you can add music on there. You can say the shape that you want it. You can put text on there. You can do all sorts. It's really, 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 really good. And it's like, as I said, 99 cents to not have the logo on it or you can just get it for free. Then I use... Um, cut story to cut my stories up into 15 seconds because at the moment instagram stories let's has all of a sudden brought this feature out which i find very interesting indeed because it makes it not so instant but they have um you can upload now 20 15 a minute worth of content and they cut it up for you Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time my stuff's like a minute and 32 minutes for like my day's stories so those are like the main apps that I use and then I also just a tip I use Unum to organize all my feed and things like that I use that one as well yeah they're so good nothing is ever good enough for Instagram and somehow we end up with the most fucked up bullshit content that gets a million followers and it's like okay okay maybe I shouldn't care this much but then I think how long are those people going to be around for where if you're creating quality content and it takes you a bit longer to grow then I'd rather have a good reputation and people but that's the difference some people most people create content for Instagram and it's shit yeah you create content for yourself so whether Instagram dies or not there's going to be exactly value in that no matter what happens that's why I can't wait to get my blog up and running because then it's going to be all about my blog, my blog. And Instagram is literally going to be a reason that people come to my blog. So I'll be putting on Instagram because it's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. You should go over there to get more of this type of thing. So because as you say, like the uncertainty of Instagram at the moment is a saying that um, I read, I was listening to thing on four and they were saying that um, they don't know how long Instagram is going to be part of Facebook because it's too much of a monopoly and that's against the law. So really interesting so we'll wait and see what happens this year what do you mean it's too much of a monopoly because facebook owns instagram it basically owns the whole of social media because snapchat is basically gone Mm -hmm. so it's too much of a monopoly so they have too much of the pie so it's not like how we operate oh my gosh i had no idea Yeah, so they're saying that they might, I mean, I don't know if this will happen, but they were saying, these are like professional people in the industry that are saying this, that they're saying that they don't know if Instagram will have to be sold off to somebody. That's crazy. There's room for a new app this year. I will give you a little recommendation. Um, You should really watch the American meme because it does speak about like, the potential future of social media. Like, I I mean, it did worry me a little bit because I'm a creator. So it gave me that anxiety. But you know, it kind of relates to everything you're saying, how, you know, Instagram might die soon. And what yeah, are these people going to do? How are we going to make money? You can't rely on that. That's when it's so important An to app. have your... Yeah, you can't rely on this app that just happened to be somewhere that made made influencer marketing a thing. But really, that's not the reason it was created. It was created for people to share their photos on there. Like it wasn't like it wasn't meant to be this big thing, and it amazingly turned into a big thing. And I love Instagram, so I'm not gonna, you know, it's where I make most of my money. But I definitely think that if you're serious about this, you need your own site. Like you need to ask your question, the question to yourself: What will you do if Instagram goes down tomorrow? Like you need to have a backup and somewhere that is yours. A hundred percent agreed. Can yeah. you please share with everyone where they can find you, um, your handles, anything that you want to promote? Yep, definitely. At the moment, um, it's at just a uniform on Instagram. That's where you'll find me 90% of the time at the moment, but it definitely, my blog will be going live any day now. So if you follow me on Instagram, then I can announce that to you, but it's just a uniform.com and I'm just a uniform everywhere. Thank you so much for coming onto my show. 
Thank and you so much for having me. Make sure you follow Just a Uniform. See ya. Bye. <laughs>